Hello, this is our daily drive time devotions through the book of Romans together. Romans chapter 5 this week, our, our third day, looking at this great chapter. Today we're going to be looking at some incredible verses, Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. Let me, let me read these verses for you. They are the kind of verses that'll make your day. In fact, they'll make your week, your month, your life. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. These verses focus on the two words, Christ died. Christ died at just the right time. Christ died while we were still powerless. Christ died to demonstrate God's love. Jesus died at just the right time. Now that's true in history, although I don't understand totally God's view of history. God sent Jesus at just the right time to give his life for us. I know many people would wonder, how come Jesus didn't die on a cross immediately after Adam sinned in the, in the Garden of Eden? Well, God needed to reveal his full plan to us. If we take a close look at the Old Testament, it reveals to us the ways that do not result in salvation. You see, as human beings, we have all kinds of ideas of how we could get close to God. Some people think the way to get close to God is to take the one perfect family that lives in the world, the most righteous of all families, wipe out everybody else, get rid of all the bad genes, and just build on the good. Well, that happened with Noah's family, and immediately after the flood, they were already caught up in sin. Noah himself was caught up in drunkenness right after, right after they got off the boat. That doesn't work, and God shows us in the Old Testament that does not work. Uh, some people think, well, if God would only show us exactly what he wants us to do, then we'd know. If he'd just write down every little rule, every little jot and tittle so we'd know every little thing to do, then we'd be able to follow him. Well, that's the law of the Old Testament. God wrote down everything. He told them what to do in the case of an ox that fell in the ditch. He told them what to do in the case of an ox that fell on another ox in a ditch. Everything is covered. But they couldn't follow God's law. We think we can, but we can't. Other people think, well, if God just chose us as, as his people, if he let us know how much he really loved us, poured out his love on us, selected out a people from all the people to say, these are my people. Well, God did that in the people of Israel. But the pictures towards the end of the Old Testament are of a people whom God married and yet who were unfaithful to him. Any would have done the same. Because our hearts turn away from God rather than towards God. We need a Savior. So at just the right time, when the world could see that a Savior was needed, Jesus came into the world. But there's more to it than that. At just the right time is also personal. In my life, in your life, as you're hearing this, at just the right time, Jesus gave his life 
for you. And at just the right time, God brings that word into your heart and mind. Now, you can accept it, you can reject it, but God brings it at just the right time. These verses also remind us that Jesus died while we were still powerless. There are four descriptions in these verses of those for whom Christ died. In verse 8, the Bible says we are sinners. In verse 6, it says we are ungodly. In verse 10, it says we are God's enemies. And then back in verse 6, we are powerless. These verses remind us of who we really are. We need God's power. We need the power of God's love shown through Jesus Christ on the cross. It wasn't when we had it all figured out that God finally came and said, ah, you've got it figured out. Here I am. You figured out the puzzle. You figured out the mystery. We were still powerless. We were still clueless. And Jesus came and gave his life for us. He died on the cross at just the right time while we were still powerless. But these verses also remind us that he came to demonstrate God's love. God's love has been demonstrated by the cross. God's love is not just something that is talked about in the Bible, even with the most beautiful of words. God's love is something that is demonstrated in the most ugly of places, the cross, an instrument of human torture. And there, Jesus gave his life for us. There, God poured out his love for us. And when he did that, he demonstrated to us the kind of love that God has for us. He demonstrated that God has the kind of love that takes the first step. While we were still sinners, he made the first move. He didn't wait until we made the first move toward him or even had the first thought toward him. While we were still sinners, while we were still powerless, God's enemies, Jesus gave his life for us. And these verses also remind us that Jesus demonstrated sacrificial love. The sacrifice on the cross is almost beyond our ability to comprehend as human beings. When Jesus gave himself on the cross, he suffered physically, he suffered emotionally, he suffered spiritually. He suffered physically through the nails that pierced his hands and his feet, the suffering of not being able to breathe on the cross. But he also suffered while he was on that cross, as difficult, as torturous as the physical suffering was, he also suffered emotionally. The people for whom he was dying, many of them stood below the cross and hurled insults at him, spit at him, laughed at him. Can you imagine what that would be like? If you're a parent, maybe you can. Have the inkling of an imagination. If you've had a child who's rejected you, Imagine if all your children, the whole human race, rejected this sacrificial instant of love. Jesus suffered also spiritually. When he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was indicating that the sin of mankind, my sin, your sin, was being poured out on him. He took the sin of all mankind. Can you imagine? Every torture, every murder, Every robbery, every rape, every hatred, every prejudice poured out on him in that moment. The spiritual and emotional and physical suffering of Jesus Christ is the sacrifice of God's love. And it was demonstrated for us. It was shown for all the world to see. 
for all of history to see on the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross demonstrates a kind of love that takes the first step. The cross demonstrates a kind of love that sacrifices, but it also demonstrates an overabundant, a, a, a lavish love. These verses say, since we are justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? These verses say, if while we were his enemies, we were reconciled to him by his death, how much more now, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? You see, we tend to sometimes think as believers, I've already gotten more than I deserve. It would be selfish to expect anything more. But God says in these verses, don't think that way. Based on what I've already given you, it would be faithless for you not to expect me to continue the same. And when I talk about God's great blessings in our lives, you may have a lot or a little when it comes to monetary things. Those aren't the blessings of God anyway. The blessings of God are all about peace and joy and hope and significance in this life and into the next. And because of these blessings, we rejoice in God. This chapter, Romans chapter 5, begins by talking about peace with God. One of Billy Graham's first books and most famous of books is Peace with God. And out of that book, he eventually wrote a tract called Steps to Peace with God that has been used by millions and millions of people around the world to remind themselves and to share with others that peace with God is possible through Jesus Christ because God has demonstrated his love through Jesus. He's got a love that made the first step towards you. He's got a love that sacrificed for you. He has a love that overabundantly has been given to you. And because of that, God wants you and I to anticipate all the good things that he wants to do in and through our lives now that we know his son. Let's take a moment in prayer right now to anticipate by faith God's blessings in your life. First, if you've never accepted that sacrificial, that overabundant, that first step love that God has given to you, accept it right now. Accept the gift of his love. And then anticipate by faith God's blessings. Whether you've accepted that gift just now or did so years ago, right now in your heart say, Jesus Christ, forgive me. Forgive me for living my Christian life as if you didn't want to give blessings into my life. Help me to live according to the blessing of peace that you want to give every day into my life. Help me to live according to the blessing of joy that you want to give every day into my life. Help me not just to wish for, but help me to hope for, to anticipate the blessing of being used significantly in this world that you want to give into my life. I don't want to be faithless. And so God, by, by faith, I anticipate right now who you want me to be, what you want to do in my life and through my life. Because I've come to know your love through your Son, Jesus Christ. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.